Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this time, we played Eliza. Eliza is the newest game developed by Zachtronics Games. Um, I think it's Zachtronics Games? Maybe it's just Zachtronics now that I'm looking at it. I don't know. Yep. They typically make um, very, like logic puzzle type games um this is a wild departure from that this is a visual novel about an ai counseling service uh it was written by matthew burns uh and it came out uh pretty recently here august 12th on the pc i believe it's on linux and mac as well uh and this was um this was just kind of one that popped out uh popped out of the nowhere popped out of the yard work what the fuck what am i looking for Duncan? now <laughs> Now, popped out of the yard work is something. No, it did. It did distinctly not pop out of the yard work. I don't have a yard. Now, do you have wood? Nope. Nope. Never mind. That's a bad one, too, Duncan. Nope. That's a bad one. Um, Fuck. Intros are hard. <laughs> okay, let me let me carry you. I see you're struggling Please. in the yard. Let me let me rake you in. I was so ready. We spent so much time talking about how to do the like okay. other hour and twenty minutes of this right, episode. Everyone. We didn't talk about the first five. Everyone, I want this isn't a joke. I want you to close your eyes and pretend that Alex has just exploded into a large pile of leaves, and <laughs> you and I, you and I, we're going to slowly, hand in hand, rake Alex up. Let's rake up his leaves, and let's just build them back together. Okay. Put some... You're going to put some raking sounds here, right? Yeah. Okay. Now that Alex is in a big, big blue tarp, we can drag him out to the front yard. I'm going to kick him from this Discord call, and this is my (laughs) podcast now. This is my podcast now. All right. So, let me me, me say something. Let me say something about this game. Intros are hard, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no, we're good. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about Eliza. Um, Let's let's get into it. We had our fun with the intro. That was all very planned. We did it all a hundred percent exactly as we had written down here. Um, So Eliza, as I mentioned, is a visual novel. It is. Unlike every other Zachtronics game that's come out, I don't know if you're familiar with any of them. Um, yeah, they did the Factorio and like, right? Did they do Factorio? No, 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 no. I don't they think did... that was them. God no, uh, I know they... they did Chem Chem something. Uh, yeah. Pooh, uh, this is a good one, isn't it? Yo, intro Space are hard. Chem. Space hey. Chem. It, uh, Infinifactory. That was the game I was thinking Oh, of. very close. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I have seen a bunch of their games. I haven't actually played any of them before. But this was, you know, I saw this. I saw that Zachtronics was the one who developed it. And I saw that it was a visual novel. And I said, well, that that's not right. Um, <laughs> so I was immediately pretty drawn to it. Um, and then kind of, you know, picked it up. It's only $15 right now on Steam. I think that might be the, the set price for it. So it's definitely good. You know, it's Steam. It's on itch.io. It's on all bunch of stuff whole bunch of stuff like that um and it it just seemed like a really interesting and cool departure and it ended up being um a a journey that i liked quite a bit i think what we're gonna do um the structure of visual novels does not lend itself extraordinarily well to how we normally structure this podcast you want to sit with Um, us for two hours you want to sit with us for two to three hours and just listen about the story that you could listen to on your own yeah, we can we can talk about every single line of dialogue, and there's not really a ton of choices to make in this game, so you'll get exactly the experience that you would if you bought the game and played it, or 
uh, we can give our general thoughts about it and then kind of structure it for your own way, which it's is your what choice. we're going to do. It's your choice. There's two <laughs> podcast links. Please check the description for the other one. <laughs> uh, no, um, we're just doing so, the one. Yeah. So we're going to talk spoiler free about it for about five minutes, kind of give our general feelings about it, kind of give you the pitch for the game everything like that and then after that we'll start diving into the specifics of kind of the structure of the story the characters you meet along the way and then just kind of go freeform from there and hopefully it'll be a, a good time um, i do want to say up front this is a game that is unabashedly about mental health um so if for whatever reason you're not in a place where you want to hear that right now you don't want to talk about mental health and mental health issues um you know this may be a good episode to kind of put on the back burner i know there's been a lot of uh very very bad stuff going on in the games industry a lot of it related to mental health right now so if that you know if you're feeling raw from that i totally get it um otherwise just kind of be prepared i don't think we're going to get into any topics that are seriously you know heavy i don't think we would necessarily need to put like a trigger warning on here but you know just be aware of that up front given everything that's been going on uh and then yeah let's kind of you ready to just talk about the game a little bit Doug? yeah you ready to get out of this intro wanna... that we can't find the end of you know how you get out of it ask hmm. me what i thought about the game duncan how'd you feel about eliza all right so i think it's also important to give you a general (laughs) (laughs) it's important to give you like a general idea of how this game works before i give my thoughts on it so eliza again visual novel here um you play as evelyn not eliza not a different character i learned later um so you start as a what is called a proxy for a therapy service called Eliza, where someone sits down in front of you, you're wearing essentially Google glasses, and it's telling you what to say to the person. You're not supposed to go off prompt. You say exactly what Eliza's telling you, and Eliza mm-hmm. is an AI. Uh, so it's a AI-assisted therapy program with a human interaction. So you're a proxy for Eliza, and you have, as you progress, you um, learn that Eliza, or Evelyn, I'm sorry, Evelyn used to be the kind of chief engineer of of um, the Eliza program. So you notice that she has all these connections with all of these different characters that you meet along the way, and all these different characters are pushing and pulling you in certain directions to continue to either work for them, go down a different path, or just, you know, uh, learn more about yourself and figure out what you want. Because Evelyn had left her position for about three years for mm-hmm. reasons that, you know, you learn along the way. So that's the general pitch. Again, as Alex said, you're not making a lot of major decisions till the very end, um, but this is, um, yeah, that's that. So with that being said, um, my general take on this game is that it was, what I told Alex was a large series of long-form questions I didn't know the answer to in the moment. It was a lot of characters having a lot of conversations with me about ethics, about AI, about therapy, about mental health, about what is helping, about, you know, there's a ton of different topics that are covered through here. And Evelyn just, you're just kind of, you know, Evelyn has some opinions, but for the most part, through conversation and dialogue options, you're kind of forming her opinion. And Mm -hmm. I didn't love the... I didn't love the general story that was happening. I, I'm not I'm not super in love with the... I like events to happen. And this game was kind of eventless. And I don't hate it for that. Because I really do love 
all of the questions that it raised for me. And I think the base questions that I knew they were going to ask coming in, such as like, would a, you know, mental health AI really work? Like, I knew that one coming in, but the ones that were more effective were things like um, talking about what Evelyn actually wants to do and that kind of journey and discovering like who you are and what you want to do um, with your life. I really loved those themes. And so once it started to get more towards that, towards the end, and I started to feel like they were discussing that more, I got a little bit more attached. And I also love the clients that come in through the mm. the sessions those i connected most with those sessions the whole like political like engineer a like a tech company um you know what are we going to do with this extremely advanced ai kind of conversations didn't interest me as much i didn't get as much out of them but the personalities and the characters um are what really drew me into this game and i left feeling like I did not play game, but story <laughs> was good. You know, like story was mm. good. Did mm. not play game though. Really? I, I wouldn't high level kind of analysis <laughs> I feel like, of you know, Eliza. Sometimes you just have to break it into just like dumb English po- as possible. Just because, like, I don't know. I, I overall though, I really enjoyed what I left with this game. It left me with so many feelings that I appreciate about visual novels specifically or just uh pieces of writing but i didn't leave being like that was fun and i didn't expect to have fun but also like i want to have a little bit of fun you know <laughs> just a little bit you could have put a little hey, bit of fun they, in there they did they put a solitaire in there they put a version of solitaire yeah, in there that fucking bangs you're right i love it, that version it, of solitaire and that's my problem is is that i was on a slight time constraint so i didn't play as much solitaire so mm, but i did yeah. i did beat the first level so they me too and i had a lot more free time than you so yeah i'm going to a volleyball pass this the, this question to you Oh, spiked oh. in your court. Spiked in your hey, court. What did you, that's not you a pass. feel about this That's game? not a pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I play hardball. What do you oh, think about fair this? Enough. Um, so, yeah, I, I I definitely understand a lot of where you come from. And I, I, I do agree with some of the larger things you said there, that it is a, a series of questions, right? I think that is kind of the core of Eliza, is it wants to present a bunch of questions to you about you know, ethics in technology, about mental health, about the way that society is structured around and how these things, you know, move forward and the people that drive them forward um and and as you mentioned the game doesn't really have an interest in answering many of these questions uh, or if it does it it doesn't come down very hard on one side or the other it just leans one direction um but i do think that that worked for me a lot better than it did for you i found myself very enthralled and drawn in by the different ideas these people were posing for what Evelyn's future should be, um, which we'll get into all of those later. But I, I, I was really engaged with those. I was really engaged with the, you know, interspersed clients that you were meeting with as the proxy for Eliza, same as you. I found those parts really engaging. I, I do think the personalities parts were pretty strong. But just generally speaking, I think I was more interested in the questions it was laying down. So I was pretty drawn in from the start. I think it is a very good game to play in chunks. Um, I think mm-hmm. I played it over the... I think I played it in five different chunks. Um, it's about five hours total, so I was playing about an hour at a time. Um, and I think that did the game generally a, a pretty good service because I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if I was just forced to sit down and, and run through it, you know, 
beginning to end, um, just because I think it, the structure of the game might get kind of tired just by the virtue of being a visual novel. Yeah. Um, so I, I think overall, if you have the time and you have an interest in these sorts of questions, you have an interest in these sorts of ideas, I do think it is a, a very good game. I would very highly recommend it. Um, I think the writing tends to be really good. I think the voice acting tends to be way better than I would have expected from a visual novel. Um, and I think the, I actually, the static artwork I found gorgeous. I was in love with that too. Um, so just generally, I, I think as a package, it worked, worked really well for me from top to bottom. I want to clarify real quick. I didn't dislike the fact that they couldn't answer their questions. Yeah. I didn't dislike that at all. I, I, I like that part, but I don't, yeah, I, that's all I, I, I got. To say. I, I yeah. just think I was more interested in those questions of like, how should the tech industry be addressing these things okay. and ethics inside of the tech industry? Not that they didn't. Yeah, I, that that came across. You're good. No worries. All right, cool. Um, so let's get into some of these characters and their motivations. So when we talk about shit, people know what we're talking about. Yeah, let's do it. Let's <laughs> let's kind of break it down a little bit. Uh, again, I just very briefly i want to remember if there's anything that we need to address the story is broken up so it kind of like runs almost in parallel where every chapter it's broken up into six different chapters is 50 percent you meeting with clients a lot of who start recurring over the course of the game um and just kind of gauging their interaction engaging like if they're getting better or worse um and you get a pretty interesting overlay um of what eliza is taking in and what eliza requires you to say um and then the other 50 percent is again interactions with these people um people who are generally speaking just trying to have a impact on where your life is going right they all have an idea for where you should go because you're this brilliant you know computer engineer uh, and they all want you to either join their team or you know they want you to do your own thing or you know what have you um and i think the the most interesting part comes in kind of breaking those down. Um, but before we can talk about the interesting ideas, I think you do need to know a little bit more about Evelyn. So again, from this point on, spoilers. So if you are interested in the game, if anything about that pitch sounds good to you, definitely go ahead, stop out, play it. It was really good. Otherwise, let's uh, talk a little bit about Evelyn. I think the important things to know about her that we didn't already say are, um, as discussed, she kind of went on a three-year hiatus from everything um and this is something that is kind of touched on much later in the story it's not you know like duncan said it's something that you just sort of get revealed throughout the course of the game um that essentially she just kind of burned out one of her co-workers ended up having uh correct me if i'm wrong duncan i think it was a pulmonary embolism correct um, yes yes due to you know based on which character you believe either just due to general lifestyle and that that sort of thing happens or due to you know chronic stress and overworking and sitting for too long and just being overworked by the tech industry um, and that kind of caused a spiral point where she just sort of essentially disassociated for like three years i think she mentions at some point that she didn't really have a lot of agency in that time she just sort of slept away her late 20s um, and then is just now kind of coming back into that world um, so it's important to know that little bit about her. Um, I think everything else we pretty much covered yeah. about her, right? So That's we can fine. talk about the different characters and kind of the way that they are trying to pull her. Uh, who do you, who do you want to start with here? Hmm. You've me the pick of the litter, huh? I, I think, am. I think, uh, we should cover the two major players as far as like the people with the most money. So yeah, I'll do. Oh, right. oh, this opens up a whole bag of <laughs> The two major players. Well, I don't know. I think at the beginning of the game, 
I feel like there are two definitely like two choices, and as it progresses, you start to see more character like choices along the way. So, um, so the CEO, I think, of Skanda, uh, which is the company that runs Eliza, um, his name is Rainer. Uh, so he approaches you after a um after a panel that you attend that one of your friends hooks you up with, uh, to basically go see an older coworker's presentation and he meets you along the way and he's like, Hey, uh, you know, I thought you were a ghost and wants to meet up with you. So, um, and you know, kind of have him show you around what they've been working on in Eliza. So he is pretty much the ideal that let's keep Eliza running here. Come back with me, keep working on Eliza and, uh, we'll grow big. You learn later that growing big means creating a larger general intelligence. And as you start to discuss more with him, it's kind of revealed that he's a little bit more um, uh, insane, I guess. He's real, real shitty. He's He's passionate and shitty. Rainer sucks, guys. Yeah, Rainer does kind of suck. This is obviously big spoil. Um, like eventually there's a coworker that, you know, uh, a former colleague or, uh, that he just kind of like gives you his phone information and you can like look through his phone because he previously signed a contract that let Skanda like look through his phone, even though he no longer works there. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? That's yeah. not okay. Um, it's fucked up. It's also fucked up. by the end, well, uh, we'll talk about we'll, it later in the end. We'll but, get into the so endings later. But he's that, very, that's... he's very like larger than life. Like the AI is important, very important to him. And he thinks very highly of it. He has this obsession with it writing poetry. And like, mm-hmm. he constantly talks to you. Like I will be able to develop a general intelligence that will be able to write poetry better than humans can. And it's like, Oh boy. So, yeah, interestingly, Rainer is the only one pushing for a direction of your future that seems kind of divorced from mental health. Um, he doesn't really, yes. like, he wants to keep working on Eliza, and he wants to make it grow, but strictly for the purposes of taking in more information, he doesn't really seem to care about the ideas of mental health. He doesn't really seem to care about society because he wants to create something that will be the next step in human evolution. Um because so I guess to some extent it makes sense that he wouldn't care about it. And he also like straight up shits on a lot of like traditional like psychological ideas in one conversation. He's just like, oh, yeah, those idiots. Yeah, not much merit to him if you ask me. And I'm like, yo, you fucking have problems. Man. Yeah, I mean, his <laughs> whole is thing is like you? we made or I'm using Eliza to just collect data at this point. Like that's pretty yeah. much his whole thing. Yeah. All right. Um, contrasting that is the other person who is trying to draw you into their new project, which was the former head of Eliza. I got a he little confused the, about his. He's he like was, the project developer. I don't know. Yeah, he's the he was the people person. It seemed like he was the um, the kind of like, I mean, he was a psychologist part, like the psychologist yes. part of the team. So like, yes, when it came to like actually, it seemed like when it came to actually applying the methods of therapy with people he was there for mm-hmm. them and he also yeah. made some presentations it felt like mm-hmm. and his name was soren and he has since parted ways with skanda uh he is now working on a project of his own titled aponia um which is the greek word for absence of pain or the greek idea for absence of pain uh and 
that is essentially exactly what he wants to do. He wants to create this kind of machine or, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily know what the final form it would take, it's, but he wants to create this device that would essentially trick your brain into more or less changing your either environment or mental state without like completely overtaking you so that it could create a, an environment where mentally you are feeling kind of the absence of pain right like if you are depressed it could make you think you are happier or you're somewhere else that gives you pleasure without actually taking away your cognizance of the world around you um and his you know whereas rainer wants to develop the next thing that will you know essentially secede humanity um Soren wants to create a radical shift in humanity by getting rid of pain throughout these, like, I'm assuming it's like electrodes hooked up to your brain. I don't really know exactly I how mean, it works. They the don't game doesn't know much. either. The game, they just, they just yeah. tell you what it can do. And then, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're in it and then you're out of it. And he's like, impressive, isn't it? And it's like, I, <laughs> what did I have to do to get in this? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Um. So th- those are kind of the two competing major um, ideas that form the basis for a lot of the the game's questions about like okay well like what is good and what is moving forward um, and also at the end of the game you choose essentially you choose somebody to go along with I have to assume those are like the two least selected options because like Rainer is a straight up supervillain and Soren has some weird sex stuff going on that I was not comfortable with for the whole game yeah um, he's like he mentioned he thought like the uh well I. Uh, uh, so this is just a weird thing, and I just want everyone to know about it because I think it's strange. And if I could ask the writers of this game one thing, I'd be like, what was up with that? And I think I know, but I want to double check. So you're going to go to this like EDM club to see your friend, right? You're going to mm-hmm. go to a house rave, it feels like, or something like that. Basically, yeah. Uh, that your friend invited you to. And Soren was like, yes, you should go, and I want to go as well. And he's like, but I'll have you know, it's a BDSM club. And everyone's like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, uh, you know, SNM. It's one of those. And she's like, I'll go to support my friend, but I don't, I don't know. I, I never, I don't know about that. And then you go and it's not that at all. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, well, I they must, must have, have misunderstood. That's a change. Uh, so you ask your friend and she's like, yeah. No, no never. it's never been that. So here's my two thoughts. Either he was just being creepy and like trying to see if you were into bdsm or not or this is what i like to think of more is that he spent so much time in his own like what i basically call a dream machine that like he (laughs) dreamed that scenario up and like thinks about her in that scenario and like i guess that's pretty creepy too um, yeah, I mean, like, they're both and, creepy. And I think my problem with Soren's uh, idea with Epony is that I think it's it has issues with, like, being able to discern reality from what you're experiencing in that painless state um, mm. if you were to be able to get in and out of it like he does. So maybe he just complete he just didn't remember it correctly because he had time in the uh too much time in the machine it's also fair to note that soren uh is an older gentleman he is uh, old and drunk all the time <laughs> yeah which um makes his philosophy and like his point of view just and this is one thing I, i'm sorry if i'm rambling at this point but like no it feels like the game definitely didn't want me to choose either of these people and it made me feel like it was almost sending me a message that's like 
Neither of these things are good because the characters behind their philosophies aren't good people. And I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, see, I, I think that's a fascinating idea because I don't necessarily know that the game was trying to draw a an, a foregone conclusion about whether or not these projects themselves are inherently evil. Um, Rainers just scares the shit out of me, but I don't know that the Sorens they're trying to say was necessarily evil as much as they are just trying to say like, hey, these are the types of people that are driving the world. Um, That's fair. Think about because like I don't view Eliza as inherently evil either, but Soren was kind of like that. Like Soren and Rainer both had hands in that, right? So it's like, okay, well, what? Where do you draw the line between product and? creators behind it because then you also have people like evelyn who are doing the legwork and it's like okay well i think there's a lot to a lot to pick apart there um for sure and let's just not do it <laughs> let's just <laughs> not just do it um I, let's uh, just let's just make more funny jokes about pdsm clubs yeah <laughs> uh so that the one other thing i'll say to that too is that like in context to the real world and talking about the creators versus like the the things that they're creating but like in the sense of the game the game asks you at the end work with soren work with uh yes, rainer that is true that and is totally i don't want to work with either of them because neither no. of them give me any reason why i would enjoy working with them anyway so it's like no so i feel like the game at the end was asking me what what philosophy will evelyn or what you know ideal will evelyn align herself with as her life progresses and i'm like well I might want to choose these, but I don't want to work with those characters because they're awful people. <laughs> so think, that's more what I'm talking about. I do also think that is somewhat intentional, though, because yeah, if if the game presented it in such a way that it was like, hey, this is a good, like, you love the people here. This is the obvious easy choice. You know, people would tend to drift towards that. But I think one of the things, one of the questions, the central questions the game is trying to put forth is the idea of, hey, you are a person who is in this, like, incredibly unique position. You are a person who has experience with this, who has had a large hand in creating the world as it is today, and are being offered the opportunity to work to try and shape the world in one way or the other with these, like, huge technologies. Do you feel or have an inherent responsibility to do so? Like, yeah. if not, these technologies are going to happen with or without you, and some of, I think Rainer even makes the point of saying that in one of the final conversations. Like, I can find a different engineer to do this. It's just that it'll take, like, six more months startup time for, to get them going. Um, yep. And But if Evelyn is there, she has the ability to kind of, like, at least attempt to, to shift things in a different direction or a, a less harmful direction. Um, or at least the, you know, the idea is there whether or not you can actually change things from the inside without being, like, at the top is a whole other question within of itself. But I do think that question is is trying to be presented to you in the game. And I do think we need to talk about the other three characters. Yeah, that all, are right, all right, all right, all right, all uh, right. I believe it's your turn. Go for it. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about Ray because I think I liked her more than you did. So I want to give her a fair shot. Um, so Ray is the... Um, lady who runs the Eliza center that you're at, Eliza, you know, as this AI, it has a bunch of different centers that are all run, you know, with proxies in there, um, kind of throughout the U.S. And she runs, I think, two or three of them located in the, the greater Seattle area. Um, and 
she doesn't she doesn't have like a hard and fast philosophy that she wants you to live by the same way that like Soren and Rainer do. They don't, she doesn't have like a technology that she thinks is important and is going to change the world. She, I, I loved her because a, she's really nice and she bakes you cookies and that's great. Um, but B, she feels like the only person in this game that is easy to relate to. Um, she's almost an audience surrogate, but not really because she's still like, deeply involved in this world and she is still like kind of interesting and unique in her own way but she basically just watches out for the people who work under her who you are and then when it's kind of revealed your background and revealed that you're being courted by like the ceo of her company who's like eight levels above her she's kind of like taken aback by that um, and then sort of by the end of the game starts to wrap around to like caring and trying to take care of you and and worrying about you again um and I I really like her being the stand-in and her being the one that is kind of like grounding. I think I think a lot of what's going on in terms of like, hey, we've built this narrative and like here are all the players in it, but like this is a person who wasn't allotted the opportunity to change the world on a technological basis because of like the skills she had when she was born. With this is just somebody who was good at what they did, and this is where they got. But like she's not going to create the next thing that'll change the world. She's going to be one of the people who is, like, changed by it. Um, and I think in that respect, she worked incredibly well, and she's very sweet and, again, bakes you cookies because she talks about that a lot. Um, and I don't know. I really liked Ray. Again, she doesn't have something she's pushing you to do, but I felt like she was in my corner in terms of, like, hey, you know, I want what's best for you, but I don't know that you want what's best for you, which is kind of a central theme of the game is Evelyn trying to figure that out as well. All right. So here's what I'll say is I didn't, okay. I didn't dislike the, the place that she was in, like, like her character and what you liked about her. And mm -hmm. by the end I did, I did like her a little bit more. So I, I had a bell curve, like a, a downwards bell curve when I didn't like her towards the minute middle, because she kind of, and I guess when I thought about real people, like as her as a you know more realistic person, I apologize. You know, didn't apologize, but I understood it a little <laughs> bit. Apologize to me, <laughs> fine. Um, and, and the fact that like she kind of almost like fetishizes your work a lot. Mm -hmm. She's like, I read your papers, I read this, and I read that, and like she becomes so much more interested in you when you reveal that you know you used to work for skanda like as a you know as the developer and i feel like she just kind of was like oh you did that okay now let's hang out and like let's do all this stuff and let's talk and it just felt very um it felt like semi-exploitive not like she was gonna get anything out of it but i did feel like um i became the like tell me about rainer tell me about this and that and mm -hmm. evelyn's kind of like i i don't know it's pretty like it's it's nothing special and like part of me agrees with her that it's like we're all kind of working in a way and she was not yeah. she's not at the top making the decisions in a lot of ways she was just kind of a chief engineer and i know that makes you know that person makes a lot of decisions that changes a lot of things but i, I don't know i i just think that that was one of the faults in her characters, and I don't want to focus on it too long because I don't think it's that interesting. Yeah, I, but, I think that's fair. I, I again, I I think I disagree with you in terms of feeling almost exploited by that. I think it was more of a like, 
you know, if somebody came up to me tomorrow and was like, oh, hey, yeah, I worked on the thing that is the basis for your whole job, and I am now being courted by, like, your boss's 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 boss. Like, yeah, I'd probably look into that person a little more because that yeah, there's but some I shit I want to know about them. I wouldn't try and pressure them to, like... I don't know. Anyways, I'm I'm done. I really don't think it's a drastic conversation. Okay, <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna scoop past. Disagree, this one. but that's fine. Go on. All right. Um, uh, I'll do Nora next. So Nora is your former developer on Eliza. Uh, so when you were in the trenches working deep, making sure that 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 chat robot works well. <laughs> Uh, like she, glorified chatbot. <laughs> yeah. Um uh she was there with you along the way along with Damien um and she reconnects with you after all these years and is like want to grab coffee and then you talk things through. She has completely divorced herself from um Skanda. She is now an electronic musician. Uh mm-hmm. that's why you were at that uh that house club. Um, yeah, to to help support her and North um, fucking red. She's badass. She's got a <laughs> great accent. Fucking props to the voice actor for her. She was great, and she's very anti Skanda in a way where, and more like she's not really as much anti Skanda. She's more anti you continuing to work at Skanda in the sense she that she's kind of you... like anti big capitalist business. Yeah, full stop. Exactly, and like. I think she is the, like, let's run away, live in a yurt, and make music and open source software. Oh, hell yeah. Like, oh, that's her. Yeah. That's her. So it's like... Nora's so good. She's great. Um, And she lives that artist life, so she is, you know, doing shows, getting gigs, doing contracted coding work, because everyone in this game is just insanely smart, and it doesn't make <laughs> me feel dumb at all. <laughs> Although, for how smart they are, sometimes they don't know anything especially evelyn which makes sense because she's been out of the game for three years but still yeah. like there's some moments i'm like i feel like you should know this <laughs> you, you should know like you should know a little bit but because the player doesn't know it's important yeah. that we take that on so anyways so she is you hang out with her a lot um you uh go to one of her shows you get coffee with her you can like uh a, make music with her for a little bit or get high and watch cyber, cyberpunk. It's like cyberpunk music videos, and I'm like, hell yeah, let's get yeah, let's get was, fucking that blasted. Was the right choice. If you did not do that choice on that specific instance, you're fucking you played the game wrong. You're and a goddamn cop. <laughs> um, yeah, Nora's Nora's great. I mean, her like if everybody has a a direction they're trying to pull you, Nora's is very much like I don't know, fuck it all, come make art with me. It'll be cool, and yeah. like I respect and love that a lot. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, there's another kind of character that keeps popping up. His name is Erland. Erland? Erland? Erland. I don't remember how you pronounce it. Um, he's interesting, but he doesn't have, like, a stake in your life. So I don't yeah, really want to, Yeah, so fuck like, him. <laughs> I don't want to talk about him in the same way that we talked about these other characters. He's yeah. the current lead developer on Eliza. He's, like, really sentimental about all of the information going into it. And I think he's a really cool and interesting character. But I don't have much to say about him divorced from the rest of the story. So we're not going to spend time on it. He kind of um, so yeah, that's kind of... He's yeah, very really? much a believer in, like, it feels like he's like, yes, there is a ghost in this machine kind of thing. Oh, yes. He's yeah. He, very he watched that. too much anime. He's got, There's... he has a deep connection with the servers that you find for Eliza. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think he is there too late. <laughs> I think they need to make sure he goes home. Uh, but yeah. I do like him quite a bit. I like some of He's the texts great. he does, like just t- talking to you about the like, you know, what it means to be um, what it means to be like sentient. And then it's just like, haha, well, I got to go to bed. Good night. <laughs> and it's like, uh, <laughs> are you OK? But what's, what's, what's up, dude? How's it going? Uh, but yeah, so. Do we want to talk about the clients, Jafar, uh, briefly, think, very briefly? I think the three clients we should talk about, uh, and by very briefly, I mean just kind of giving you an overarching idea. You deal with a client. Uh, these are just the ones that are repeated the most, named Maya, who is kind of a struggling artist who is having a lot of um, difficulty getting her art kind of out there and seen. You deal with a guy named Gabriel who is has a kid on the way. He's like a younger man with a kid on the way and is really struggling with the idea of like, what that means and whether or not he can, you know, show his real self to his family around him. Um, you deal with an older lady named Holiday who rambles a lot and seems kind of seems like she is having a hard time holding on to thoughts and ideas and following um, kind of trains of thought. Uh, and then you deal with Harriman. A little schizophrenic, maybe. Yeah, she's got something going on, but I don't necessarily know what it is. Uh, and then you also talk to Harriman, who is a grad student who is an English. He's an English major, and he is, like, a fucking English grad student. He's like, fucking amazing. <laughs> that boy's an English grad student, and he is a fucking asshole. I love it. He's so good. Um, yeah. And those are the clients that you, you kind of meet and talk to them um, multiple just, times throughout the course of them. Let me just ask. I think this will be fun to, like, kind of touch through, and then we can maybe go on to some questions. Is yeah. like, tell me about your favorite one and and why. Oh god, that's so fucking hard. What? It's a hard tie between Harriman and Maya. Um, okay, because well, who's yours? And I'll talk about a different one. Okay, that's. Mm, uh, I really like Maya and Gabriel, but I also love Harriman as well. Okay, I do like Gabriel, but Gabriel's great. Also, they're all so. I, Holiday's great is great such too. a weird ah. word to use for these clients because they are, you know, and I, I, I want to talk about one of the questions I have written down right now because the game kind of opens more or less with um, a counseling scene on one of the characters we didn't actually even list because he only shows up once and then in again in one of the endings, um, which is like it gets, you know, without getting into details, the guy is very distraught about kind of the state of the world and his place in it. And it gets really pretty heavy pretty quickly yeah, um, and yeah. he, he breaks down very quickly um and these the, something that kind of took me a little while to get over in these various counseling sessions um especially because you have no agency whatsoever you just hit the button to say what eliza is telling you to say is it felt almost voyeuristic um at first because it was like i i think and that is i think a credit to the game that they built something and they had these characters um fleshed out and speaking and in such a way that it didn't feel like I was watching a game right it, and I think part of it is because a, you know a therapy session is a very private thing right that's why there are strict laws about what can and can't be disclosed um so watching something that felt like a good recreation of somebody trying to like work through a ther- therapy session especially in this kind of weird uh technology instance like this weird technological instance with eliza felt weird to me at first i did get used to it as time went on but i think that's part of why i liked all these characters is like they all kind of deal with it in a slightly different way and 
it all like sort of clicked for me because it felt so realistic. And I don't know if that was just me. I don't know if you felt any of that going through the game, but for the first few, I was like actually pretty uncomfortable. Dude, you need to go see Eliza. That's that's weird, man. I don't know. <laughs> I've never felt No, I uh I didn't think about it like that, but now that you say it, it does make a ton of sense to me. And with that being said, I have a question for you. Do you think yeah. you could be a proxy? A proxy, as a reminder, Ooh. again, is the person wearing the Google glasses being told what to say to a client. Oh, I don't think I could, Duncan. You don't think you could? What, oh, what do you think no. your main issue would be? Do you think you'd like, break think, down, or do you think, like... Yeah, I mean, I think it would be... So I don't think I would, like, have an explosive failure at that job, but, like... Sure. Do you think oh, it would just the, take too much of a toll on you? It would you? be such a toll to hear these people, like, going through what they're going through, and, like, if I'm following the rules of a proxy, just have to say what Eliza tells me to say, which is always a distinctly lifeless answer of, well, why do you think you're feeling like that? <laughs> well, uh, and I, like, oh, it would hurt so much. Why do you think you feel that the world is in complete emptiness and everything <laughs> is terrible and miserable? Why do you think that? Okay. Yeah. So I think I think we should just go right away. I, I Do you think that this process is effective? Because... The it, it's said later in an email that you get like, hey, the Eliza system has five easy steps to understand. And I don't remember what the five easy steps are, but essentially here's what they are. It's like <laughs> I don't remember what they are, but, but here they are. Here's my best guess. Uh, <laughs> I believe the first one is discovery. So you're discovering what the person is coming in there for. Yeah, I think it's introduction first. OK, introduction. Like, hey, it's raining outside. Ha ha. Weird. Weather.com told me that. Exactly. Um, And then... um, And then it's discovery. So Mm. discovering what the client uh, is coming in there for. Then it's... Challenge? I think... Maybe, yeah, challenge. So you're you're essentially taking what the person's saying and you're asking them, why do you think that? Why is this that? Um, Mm -hmm. That kind of chains into part of discovery... And then they have, I think there's one more step that I don't remember. Intervention. Intervention. I think it's intervention and closing. And then closing. So then it's saying like, okay, I'm going to recommend you do this and maybe take this medication. So most of the recommendations. Open up our app and look at a fucking meadow in the woods for 15 minutes a day in the morning or night and you'll be good yeah i i fucking hate that garbage i'm well i don't know i shouldn't say that i I hope it i hope it helps somebody i really genuinely do hope it helps something i've tried things like that it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me and for a lot of these clients and the states that they're in i wouldn't even begin to think that something like that could help but i hope it helps somebody I don't know yeah. enough. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if I should have said that. No, but I, just, I, I, don't I think it's fair. You, if you have experience with it and it didn't work for you, then I think it's totally so valid to feel that way. My wraparound I, on this was, do you think this process is effective? So I don't know. And that's a fucking <laughs> shitty answer that's very in line Good. with what the game wants me to say. Uh, yeah. But I think that there there is merit to this idea, right? And I was thinking about it because you had actually, um, and, and like looking into stuff about this game, you messaged me earlier today and were like, hey, you should check out this app that seems like related to yeah. the ideas of this game. It's called Wobot, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So I W-O-E. downloaded it at work. W-O-E. I downloaded it at work just to kind of like fuck around with it and see, hey, what is this? Because it is built to be like a, hey, you know, check in with me and we'll, you know, help you get through some mental health things. Um, 
and it is just a it's just a chat platform. And I will say, using Wobot for five minutes, I immediately appreciated Eliza a lot more. Um, yeah, because Wobot is not. Maybe it's good. Maybe if you used it week after week, it would be good because it would like build a repertoire of like, hey, what are things that like help you and don't? But like, it that's a lot of like, this looks like a text messaging app, and I'm replying to this robot with emojis about my life, and I'm not here for that right now. Um, yeah. So I do think the structure of Eliza, where it is built to be a counseling center that you go into and you can express your problems, have them rephrased back to you and force yourself to dig in for those answers. I do actually think there is an idea there that has some amount of merit that like, Hey, this could be helpful for someone. I think that could actually be helpful for a lot of people because I think people in general don't self-reflect as much as they should. Uh, and I think that mental health is something that has not been focused on a nearly enough in our country and especially the access to mental health is is abysmal for a lot of people who don't have good insurance or a lot of people who live in rural areas so something like this could be really helpful something that is much more accessible but like i think they do a good job of showcasing clients to like this is not gonna help them yeah and i mean speaking on a on a on a personal note like if something like this could get me in faster I would take this. Like I, I would try. So I, um, again, speaking from a personal, matter, I, I, I made an appointment for for um for something, and it was in like January, and then they're like, "All right, well, the soonest I have is June," and that's looking at oh. all of my all of them. That's all of them. Like for an entire hospital system, it's like, oh my god! Like, and I was like, is that like what it's like everywhere? And they're like, yeah. We we usually have the shortest wait times. I'm like, oh wow. All right. Well, you know, put me here. Go for it. And then by the time I saw someone, they're like, all right. So it says you're in here for this. I'm like, oh my god, dude, that was six. That was six months ago. I don't even remember that. <laughs> like, it's been so long. It's it's changed by now. Yeah. Um. But if if something like this existed to like you know. Uh, help you self-reflect and make you know recommendations for prescriptions and things like that like yeah yeah i think it'd be totally effective and i think something is better than nothing and i do have like some addendums to that but i in this case we're talking very generally about it i think this is something that i actually do think would work um is general or uh, a artificial intelligence therapy bot do you think the addition of a human like eliza has is necessary do you think at, let so, me even expand on that do you think no. the um necessity of going to a separate location is necessary hmm. never thought of the second part but the first part so here's the thing about the first part is i think it's important for a different reason than why Eliza the game thinks it's important. So the Eliza mm. the game thinks it's important because you need a human connection there to speak with you about these things. I think it's an amazing option that I think a lot of people would vouch for, but I don't think it's necessary. However, in the beginning stages of something like this, I think you need the possibility of human intervention. So Eliza doesn't say something like, well, why are you thinking about killing yourself? Because at that point, <laughs> we need something or someone. Because it does say, like, hey, for, like, emergencies about, like, child abuse or I think 
I think uh, Ray talks about that, like certain situations where you can go off script or uh, Eliza will be prompted to like, you know, do something about the situation. Um, but I, I, I think that it's with how technology works and with user error of, you know, how we make these programs. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think we need someone there to make sure it doesn't say some really, really bad stuff that would get the company in a lot of trouble or get people in a lot of trouble. Um, yeah. So I think in real, realistically, that would be the issue with it. But I think it would be more effective, but not necessary to have an in-person there for a human touch. Hmm. I I don't know. So one of the <laughs> very things, good. Very I know, good, I know, right? I'm fucking yeah. on top of it today. Uh, I, I one of the things that I found really interesting during these counseling sessions, and one of the things that gives me a lot of concern about a, a program like this in real life is you know when you are doing these therapy sessions, you have essentially a, a HUD overlaid on your screen, right? On the right hand side, you see like, oh, these are monitors that give you like a general indication of how you think the patient is feeling, which are more or less worthless and you get like a small box where you click the text and you can see like what has been said previously and on the left you see um kind of the input that eliza is taking right you see the input of hey this they said this um here is how we are defining those right so it should like words appear on the screen and then next to them it describes whether they are a negative or positive word um and the problem, and I think a lot of the problem with this is AI currently is in a state where it's it's real bad at interpreting things. Um, and you see this even in Eliza. There's a, one specific moment I noticed where I was just watching those words on the screen as like one of the characters is like, I think it was Maya was, was talking and she said that like everyone was so fucking nice or something along those lines. And like it took the like nice and was like oh yeah that's a positive word because it just didn't understand that sarcasm was happening right there and it was actually like being used in a negative context and i think people in an instance where you would be having where you you would have people using this because it's really hard to like you know like you said the wait times for appointments are six months or you know you want to go to therapy but it's be like two hundred dollars a month for two sessions or something which is not like not in any way an unreasonable amount of money based on the research i've done uh like it's you would have people using this as a stand-in for an actual therapist which obviously would be that's less than ideal you don't want that but people who are in delicate states like that are the people who you want to be the most careful around um and even like people who aren't directly referencing self-harm like i think it would be really easy if you are in that state of mind to be in a worse place after using this than you were before based on its inability to actually hear and understand you i think it could potentially worsen those feelings of isolation uh, that you, you could be feeling or like specifically like people don't understand you i think that is a a real and clear threat to a technology like this, especially with where technology is at. And I think that is what made me the most apprehensive about the idea of Eliza. And that is why I think the, like you said, the human interaction would be so important, but I I would maybe even go a step further to say that like, if you were going to do this, the proxies would need to be way more empowered to intervene than they are in this actual game. Um, They couldn't just like, be there to monitor things and be a voice they would need to have some level of autonomy and training so that they could if not necessarily go off script like adjust the script a little bit Mm -hmm. to 
retrofit based on what the person was actually saying that the AI itself was unable to hear. Um, And my favorite example of that, like the best, because the game does that a little bit in, you know, in two ways. First way, Mm -hmm. um, towards the end, Evelyn is just like, I'm going to do a little experiment and you can go with the script. And I don't know what happens with that, because if you did that one, you know, you're also a cop. Yeah, Yeah, right. A lot of opportunities to be a cop. (laughs) A lot of opportunities to be a cop today. Um, I don't know why we say that. Nothing against cops. (laughs) Anyway, but uh, the other one was towards the end, you get to talk to Darren again. If you pick one of the endings. Yes. And the like, you know, common exit is like, you know, um, Darren being the, the very first patient. Right. Yeah. So you get him at the end and, um, you know, he says, thank you, Eliza or Evelyn or, you know, whatever. And then you, the prompt is, um, thank you, Darren. But she says, instead of saying thank you, Darren, she says, thank you, Darren. Like, yeah. to thank Darren. It, it, it was just like this subtle, like, let me change this context of this word a little bit. Because the, the, the ending moment with him was, like, really touching. And yeah. because his whole thing is, like... He wants to know that you're actually there, that he's not just talking to Eliza, that there's an actual person that he's speaking with, which the creepiest thing happens in that very first scene, which made me think like, oh, yeah, this game's going to be filled with this kind of shit where um, the guy he's freaking out and he's like, hey, I I just want to talk to the person behind the screen. I want to talk to you. What is your name? And then the prompt is my name is Evelyn. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> fucked up, man. Like, I don't like that. And then that, that stuff never happens again. And I, I did kind of feel like that was a little bit of a little bit of a tease, but I still yeah, loved it. I mean, they, they do explain that as like, hey, this is built into like if a client is having a breakdown, like it can address that. Yeah. But it does. It's not a very fleshed out protocol. So it can basically just have you say your name. Yeah. But <laughs> Damn. I don't know, man. There's there's a lot to chew on there. Um, And that ending in particular. So the the way the game is structured the ending you essentially like we mentioned you just choose one of the the people we had mentioned earlier you either like expand on eliza to make it a general intelligence or work with soren on his new thing or go make music with nora um but the ending for ray essentially is you as evelyn you decide hey like i'm going to keep working as a proxy at eliza for a while and then while i am doing that i am going to go to school to become like an actual licensed counselor Mm -hmm. um and that's when you have like the scene of you going back with this client for the first time but like yo the version of eliza that you get the time when you're with that client like later in the game is so much better than the yeah. version you get earlier what in the, the game. actual like, hell? oh my I god they I, made it so much more human i think a couple of months have passed and they yeah are, like erland is doing some fucking work on that thing and he's doing good work and it feels way better to be a part of yeah i this is by far my favorite ending it's it's it feels right for the character you go you you know you have this last session with darren it's the wraparound of the beginning you're getting this touch with people and like you're actually pursuing what i feel like evelyn wanted to do at the beginning of the game is help the most amount of people as possible but she wasn't able to do that with eliza so she realized that hey i have to scale this back and make it more about what i can do and not like, you know, creating something that can do everything. And it's just like, 
I don't know. It was beautiful. It was my favorite. It was one. yes. It was definitely like the best ending. It it feels like the canon ending for that character. Uh, I will say they just sort of get wild with it with some let's, of the endings in this game. Let's talk some of these other endings. Yeah, because that, that was the right one. That was the best one by far. Um, and you get you get a really good one with Nora too, where you just like quit working in tech and you just make music with her and like. You know, you spend the night at her house, and it's, like, implied that it could be romantic. Uh, and it's Love just, that. like, a good, it's a good, happy ending. Like, you make some music, but you're afraid to share it. So, like, she plays it on stage without telling you she will, and everyone claps for you. And you're, like, you appear to be happy and satisfied with your life. And, and that was also a very good ending. And also, you decide to make, or you have talks about making an open source version of Eliza, Oh, hell yeah. To just give access to, to everyone. And I think that's an awesome idea. <laughs> like, I, chaotic. I like chaotic too. good. Chaotic good for sure. Very much. I also love that ending, though, because it's implied that, like, hey, this might not work because you have, like, a bunch of emails about talks you wanted to give about problems with Eliza that are getting turned down for reasons that are pretty apparent that it's just the people in power saying they don't want you spreading that shit. Yeah. Um. So it, it's got... There's a lot going on there. But then you get endings like Soren's and Rainer's ending, which yeah. just sort of change the whole tone of the fucking thing. All right, so just when you, when you do Soren's, or I'm sorry, when you do Rainer's ending, you do, you get a fucking Dr. Horrible ass, like she <laughs> she takes off her cool indie ass raincoat and then she slips into the black fucking blazer with this goddamn cute ass shirt. And it's like, not even, it's, you know, it's adult ass shirt. And like, uh, I honestly, it. I don't know why I couldn't stop thinking about the like transition in in Doctor Horrible, where he's just like puts the red coat on, and it's like yeah. now I'm the soulless version of myself, what so, I wanted to be, and like I don't know, <laughs> and she's just like this businesswoman that's got to boss all these people so, around. And Erland, sorry, I gotta finish this. And then no, Erland is Erland's like, well, I I hope we can still work together, and you could be like, I don't know about that one, boy. Like <laughs> I don't think you're cut out for this work, like. Holy shit, you can turn into a real piece of shit in just one day. But, again, whatever Alex has to say. <laughs> because he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna do this thing that. that he does where he, like, rationalizes things and he no, makes my I just wanna, yelling I want to say, uh, I, I did, I still enjoyed this ending quite a bit. Like, yeah. if you pick this ending, there's, no, don't, don't pick Rainer's ending. Um, for, I mean, watch it because there's a chapter select, but don't pick it. Um... Be- but there is something really kind of satisfying about Evelyn, who is this very, like, throughout the entire game, again, you have dialogue options, so you can kind of play her the way you want a little bit, but, like, she is always portrayed as, like, not confident and not really sure of herself because she's coming back after this, like, you know, three-year disassociation. Um, she, like, clearly is trying to ease back into it, doesn't really know what she wants, and there is something really satisfying about the beginning of this ending the beginning of this ending where she is like in control and she is leading this project and she seems to know exactly what she wants and she's going for it and she's like getting a team together and she's talking about like now they're all going to be successful because they're being led by someone who has a vision and it is kind of like hey it's cool to see this character like in her element doing well even if she is kind of like a little bit shitty to Ireland. She could the be. Prop- she can be. It's an option. It's an option. Yes. I, I was really exaggerating there. That's Alex fair. is telling you a much more accurate version of this ending. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is the very end of this ending. You go up to Rainer's office, and this dude's got like a super villain ass office. Like, oh, it's, yeah. 
it Rainer's a fucking supervillain, which is great because in one of the scenes he literally says, "I'm not a Marvel supervillain going to tell you rationale for all my plans." I'm like you are though, it's the thing. Yeah. Um, you are talking to him and he asks you about the project, <laughs> and Evelyn straight up is like, "I." feel like i'm not really me anymore i'm just like a vessel like i am eliza is working through me and rainer's like yes now you're getting it come let's let's be vessels for eliza and we can sit and watch the singularity happen together what yeah what I think I, just, this... I think this ending literally starts the end of humanity. Yeah, this is the bad ending, apparently. <laughs> this, this is the bad see, ending. See, I, I mean, uh, what we were talking about earlier, it's like, well, you know, even though they're both evil, you're going to work harder to improve Eliza. And yeah, maybe you did improve Eliza, but also you've empowered. And I mean, this is probably going to happen anyways. But Raynor is like this. He wants his whole thing is he wants to praise to this like otherworldly being and he sees that otherworldly being as the ai and like oh yeah and that's oh <laughs> i do think so rainer's a piece of shit and i hate him but i do think the way that he describes his idea of this is great like that it is humans like humanity's essentially their purpose like their ultimate goal will be to bring into being a higher form of life specifically through ai that like we that's will some- no matter what, we will be birthing this higher form of life. It's just a matter of, like, who is who leading the first. charge to do it. I like that. I like that. Um, and I do, you know, he didn't wrap around and be like, that way we can control it and make it so that we can coexist. And instead, he's really like, there will be no place for humans when this yeah. higher form of AI comes around. Uh, oh, God. Okay, well. Yikes. Uh, no spoilers, um, but that's some near shit right there. <laughs> like That's some near automotive bullshit right there. Um, uh, all right, so good. then on the on the counter side here, we have Soren, who, um, again, if you remember, he's the guy who wants to end all suffering. He's just kind of a piece of shit sometimes. You get he, to look through his got, phone. Hey, you know, to his credit, he's working through some shit, and he's, he's very open about shit. that. He's like, hey... I'm, like, real depressed. I basically want to do this for me, but it will also help all of mankind. Yeah, or at least he thinks. So, he he, thinks. Uh, so yeah, we I do, we get to get the scene that I think is important for the context of the end, that it's, the, the reason he wants to make this is because, like, I know that, I, or at least he doesn't think he could ever be happy again. Mm-hmm. And to me, at least, I think in his mind, like, in the way that I interpreted it, at least for a lot of me, is like this is a better option for those, for people who, excuse me, feel like they will never feel good again, and like mm-hmm. and to live in this like mindscape essentially is kind of how I felt like it was going. Is it's like let's all live in pods, like very matrixy kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It, it was kind of interesting. Anyways. He gives a presentation that you're attending, and he's like, ah, yes, with the help of Evelyn, and that's pretty much your only part in this one, uh, (laughs) I have finished my project, or, you know, I'm going to be finishing my project. He's got this graphic that is laughable. It's just a a happy face that's, like, circled, and then a frowny, sad face that's crossed off, and it's just like, (laughs) end all suffering. I just think that's really funny. Um, That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. 
But if I remember correctly, it's pretty much just, you know, his presentation. And then it's you inside one of those mindscapes that you see earlier where it's just like this beautiful sunny day and you're reflecting. And it's like, it's so nice. I, you know, I don't remember being able to relax like this and I'm just enjoying my time. And so I think I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I'm butchering this one. I feel like I'm. Butchering yeah, no. This one. So you're right with with his um, kind of keynote, his fucking budget ass TED talk, um, which is actually very good. I like it a lot and I want to talk about it more. But after that, you know, it, it is distinctly described as you, are, you know, as Evelyn are, like you said, in this kind of like mental place where you think you're in like this bright, sunny day. But like you haven't like you don't lose track of the real world right she is described as still recognizing that like this isn't where she is and she does have problems like she does still have issues but like they just don't bother her the way that they used to so she's able to like relax and she is able to stay focused and work if she needs to um and it's presented in kind of a light that makes it seem like maybe this technology is actually good um I still think there's a lot open to interpretation about whether or not this society is like very dystopian. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot to chew with on this one. Like with Rainers, it's like, yeah, but like he's evil and that's yeah. evil. And this is bad. Like it's cool <laughs> tech stuff, but it's like all sort of evil with Soren. I think there's a lot to be like, Hey, is there something appealing about this technology and like different ways it could be implemented? And he talks about like how it will, you know, governments will have to restructure. Uh, and he talks about like the way it's going to change the world. And I think that's a little up its own ass, but I do think that there's something interesting about the Aponia project that he is trying to, to make happen. And he gives a really interesting reference to an argument. He doesn't actually like lay down an argument, but talking about like, the idea that philosophers throughout time have, you know, claimed that pleasure can't exist without pain and him being like, hey, that's bullshit. We can make pleasure happen in the brain. Why would we want pain? We don't need pain anymore. It was an evolutionary construct that we don't need. Um, and I think there's a really interesting discussion to be had there about whether pleasure can exist divorced from pain and whether a life of only pleasure is a good life worth living and how that would structure society. I am not sure we are equipped to have that conversation. No, um, but do I, you have any general thoughts on those ideas? I agree with you. I, I just don't think there's enough in the real world. I don't think there's enough out there right now for us to even come close to understanding what that is. But if I had to give my, like, you know, if I really had to say something about it and give an opinion, I, I just don't think, I just don't think it's good. It would it would work well in in a, in a societal sense, and I think that it's just so divorced from reality that I think we're coming close to just like let's just hook our brains up and just fucking live there until we die. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and I I don't like that at all. I think that's I just hate thinking about something like that. And maybe it's just because I live, you know. I live in the now, and that's not what we're doing. And being a human, I'm like, I don't like that. That's very different from how I am right now. <laughs> but I just, I can't get behind it. And I, I I agree with him and some of the points. It's like, hey, uh, and I don't know if this is an actual true fact, but one of the examples he uses is like, we used to not use anesthesia because we thought that, you know, they needed to feel the pain of the surgery or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. I, again, don't, I don't know how true that is, but like, Thinking about it that way, it's like, yeah, why would we 
feel depressed all the time. It's just, I don't think this is the way to end mental suffering. I agree that we shouldn't be feeling mental suffering, but I don't think that this is the sort of relief from that mental suffering that would lead us to be a greater society. I think it's, I think as, as Soren once said, or Rainer said, it is, it feels sort of like uninspired or like small in its like efforts. Like it feels like Mm. a nice getaway. That's what it really sounds like. And I don't think it's going to end all suffering. I think it will give people a break from suffering. Which is nice. Interesting. Yeah. I There's a lot there. There's a lot in what you just said. You said you were like, well, if I had to. And then you said <laughs> yeah. a lot of things that I, all require a five-page essay to respond to. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to give you a five-page essay don't, response. Don't I'm ask I'm just going to say that don't. I think it's really it's really interesting. Um, I, I, I do think there's a, a very good discussion to have about whether pleasure can divorce or pleasure can exist divorce from pain because i think humans are inherently very bad but, at like feeling things without a like kind of counterweight to feel it too right yeah. i think a comparison is incredibly important to the human experience but Hunger's i think a great that, example <laughs> like like i'm like damn i'm hungry though but i'm not i'm not hungry i just yeah. don't know what it actually is like to be like super super hungry because mm-hmm. i grew up in a house that you know that had food so it's like i don't know what that's actually like probably yeah i mean even like you know mental issues like if you i don't mean like clinically diagnosable issues but just like hey if you're having like you're going through a stretch of time where things are really bad and then shortly after that things are really good like or even not really good things are just normal like you really do come to appreciate that normalcy a lot and like realize oh actually like this is pretty good you know the same thing like if you're sick for a but while I, and then one day you're not sick and you feel good like that but i still a, love food though yeah this isn't this isn't <laughs> taking anything away from yeah, you but like but what i'm saying is that like if you're saying that like you know you appreciate not being sick because you've been sick before I still love not being sick, even if I've never been sick before. Yeah, but I don't know that the appreciation exists on the same level, right? But does that appreciation drive your happiness? Uh, it At least temporarily, it makes me appreciate things like that. Mm. And again, I think if we're talking about pleasure as a an abstract concept it, it depends on whether you're talking about long-term pleasure or God, I hate on whether you're talking word. about long-term <laughs> pleasure <laughs> yeah I just, I just hate calling it pleasure i just much no. right it doesn't make it feels like happiness should be the right word but maybe it's but pleasure. I, all right go ahead I i'm think, sorry i'm sorry no that's fair and, and i actually think that's an important distinction to make in one that the game does not necessarily make but i think they refer to it as pleasure because happiness is different from like pleasure right like happiness is a state of mind and a feeling whereas pleasure can refer to a number of different things and i think pleasure is much more a like hey this is a chemical response in the brain versus happiness um which i think is less of one i'm not a neuroscientist don't at me Uh, actually extremely do at me if you're a neuroscientist because i think this shit is wildly fascinating Uh, but i i think being strapped into a machine like this could potentially be really good. And like you said, I think it would have a lot of uses for people who are in a place where they don't imagine a way in which they can feel better. But I I think that a lot of the pressures and stresses and unhappiness of life are integral to 
like a long-term kind of stability and overall contentedness with your life that I, I don't know that you would be able to replicate. Again, this technology doesn't exist, so there's no way of knowing like what the pitfalls are and aren't of it. And eventually we are getting into the old argument of like, well, what if we're just a brain in a jar? Is that still like a good life? Well, what if you could just hook yourself up to this pod and you would think you're living life, but you're not actually? Is that good? And like, I... I've written papers on that. I don't have good answers for those because <laughs> they make me, like you said, very uncomfortable to think about because I'm a human and I, it's too different. Um, yeah. Which is why I think this Soren's um, kind of path and technology is just incredibly interesting. And I like talking about it a lot because it's uh, it's just it's got a lot. It's a lot to chew on. Uh, anyway, let's wrap around. There's one more ending we didn't talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, you just go to Japan and try and find your dad. Yeah, I, which, to be fair, <laughs> I actually cool. really like this ending, too. Yeah. I like this ending specifically because there's a line. And, like, I mean, it's good because I think it, it like, fits in with the character. But there's an ending in there. Um, there's a line in that ending where Evelyn is talking and just kind of, like, narrating. She's like, yeah, this is my story. Like, there's not a point to it, right? Like, there's not some big thing that you can take away from it. Like, there's not some world-changing revelation. It's just like, this is my life, and this is kind of the path, and this is where it led me, and this is kind of where I am going to go to next to just sort of see. And even if everything just led me and gave me, like, a thin strand to follow at this point, like, that's that's enough. You know, I'm just moving forward with my life, uh, and I really like it. Oh, yeah. um, and also, in that ending, too, you, you also tell Erlen, like, man, you might be too sentimental to keep working at Skanda. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. That's and true. Good for him for recognizing it. Yeah. Um, um, also, a very good ending. Let's wrap around to the clients because I don't want to wrap this session up without talking about my personal favorite part of the game. Uh, so <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I really love these clients, man. Maya, the artist client, uh, she is a web comic artist. Uh, it seems like I believe that's what she is. And she is struggling with feeling like she fits into her community because she's just not as popular as everyone else. She doesn't fit into her community. Yeah. You said fits in. Oh, sorry. Does not fit in. Yes. Um, and I don't know anyone. I w- I'm so divorced from that thought. I don't know. I don't know what that's like <laughs> at all. I think we're, I mean, we get it, right? Because we're, well, we're doing yeah. great. We're very popular. We get invited yeah. to, did you see, we headlined PodCon. yeah yeah are you kidding me so like i feel bad for her though but like it's weird i don't understand yeah i don't Um, get it oh god maya broke my heart okay yeah (laughs) no for real though that was a joke that didn't feel like it landed well because actually i feel (laughs) very very strongly aligned with her in a lot of ways as i've talked about maybe on previous episodes i aspire to do game development and you know i'm still working on a lot of stuff here um along with this and also this um and it's just Sometimes it just feels like you're chipping away at nothing. And I just, I just aligned a lot of my anxieties and uh, uh, feelings and depressions with some of the things she did and said. And I, uh, on episode four, I think she's one of the, uh, the clients in that episode. And I was going to play till the end of episode four. And I messaged Alex and I said, well, Maya came on and I said, I can't do this right now. I I can't. I need to stop and then I'll come back to it later um, because it's just too, it's too real for me and I hate it. Uh, yeah. But I love it at and, the same time because uh, I'm glad that, you know, it, 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 it feels like I'm being, 
it's that sense of voyeurism where it's like, so this is this is kind of what it'd be like if I came to this with <laughs> to to Eliza, not to a real therapist. But if I came yeah. to Eliza with this stuff, what would she say? Um, and she has some great responses. She's funny, like she's actually funny. She's hilarious. And her voice acting is amazing. I I know she's not real, but I hope she does so well. <laughs> I really want her to succeed. And that that's like that's the thing about um Maya that I think lands, right? Like that trope of like an uh, trope is maybe even a strong word cuz I don't no. see it that much, but um that idea of like an artist who doesn't fit in, who's struggling like in the current community, um and you know, even like somebody who seems really nice and is even like has like she is jealous to the point of anger at some other people but recognizes she shouldn't be like that's powerful within of itself but then the way they build her character and like the way that she presents that information and the way that she is like trying to be upbeat and sarcastic but like that the longer you are with her the more that like breaks a little bit and you see that she's just like beaten down is it's just it's gut-wrenching man out of all the clients she was the one i was least worried about in the first session and then as it went i'm like oh no this isn't good um but her ending because so i assume that you i went off script yeah yeah you went off script i'm not gonna be on script because that's not interesting it's so fucking painful to be on script uh so so you go off script and then you tell her like hey she she presents to you the idea that maybe she just wants to stop doing this because it's really painful Again, Mm -hmm. totally understand, have wanted to do, have done, does not work for me, but I'm happy it might work for her. Um, But so you suggest that and then you can like go off script to be like, maybe that is what you need. Like, what would you do? And like, you know, how would that make you feel like there's a lot of uh, conversations that to be had there. And like, I just I love the kind of like how her thing wraps up with it's not a concrete that like yes i feel great now it's like yeah i feel like there's some possibilities of something new to come out of this whether it's a new art piece and she really realizes like oh this is what i'm supposed to do uh she maybe she's gonna try teaching like there's so many yeah you know it's about being like a kooky old art teacher which yeah that fits that yeah. fucking fits with her character yeah and i just i love it and yeah so do you have anything else to add on that? No, Maya's great. Um, I I love Maya. I think she it, like if I have to say who stands out, it's definitely her. I think she's the best. I just really liked Harriman because he was like such a such a nice escape from a lot of the heavy themes of the yeah. game because he's just like shitty. <laughs> like yeah. Harriman just sucks. He um so he's 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 the grad student like the English ass grad student who's like very much an English grad student and always talks about like. His whole thing is he comes in and rambles for a while and is like, okay, well, basically I'm here because there's this girl that I'm in love with and I've never talked to her. I fancy but her. Like, yeah, I fancy her. Like, <laughs> obviously, anyone who could write the way she does um, and talks about how she's great and he's sure they would get along, but, like, he just can't do it. He just can't work up the nerve. Um, but, like, interspersed in there is all the stories about, like, oh, well, I can't just be another, like, I can't just be another one of those, you know, 40-year-old men who they only wrote one great work and it was about a woman that they barely knew and they fell in love with and it was everything. Like, I can't be that person. Well, he is also very much being that person and it's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, yeah. you know, you're, you know, 
you don't have the agency to say anything. So you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, yada, yada, yada. Why do you think you feel this way? And eventually he's like, maybe I'll go try and talk to her. And then he comes in for a second session. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. So I talked to her at a library. And I don't know. We were, we're fucking now. And it's like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, my boy. And you get so and excited like, for yeah. him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the problem is, ooh, I'm not sure how my girlfriend will feel about this. Did I mention that I have a girlfriend? <laughs> That's that's my fear. Fucking blow. That would be my fear as being a therapist is being like, I'm cheering for you. I think you should go talk to her. And then they come back the next time and they're like, Yeah, I cheated real bad. And it's like, No, no, no. Why did I tell you to do that? That'd be my one of my biggest fears. Uh, But anyways. He's yeah. yeah. His whole story arc is great. And then, you know, he comes back in for the third session and he's like, Well, she uh, won't talk to me anymore, and my girlfriend dumped me, and I guess, uh, woe is me. I've done some terrible things. Like, I don't know how I'm going to recover from this. And, like, it's so good to go off script in that one, because Eliza wants you to be like, well, why do you think that you'll never recover from this? And instead, Evelyn's like, maybe you should stop thinking about yourself for a minute. Maybe yeah. you should realize that, like, there's other people in the story, and your actions have very real consequences on them. And he's like, oh, well, I... I suppose, yes, I probably should have considered that. <laughs> Harriman, you fucking suck. And it's uh, it's refreshing how simple this problem is in this yeah. game. Of like, don't fucking cheat on people and maybe go talk to, like, somebody if you're really interested in them. Like, both of your problems have a very clear and easy solution. Also, stop worrying about uh, fitting into cliches. You're not unique. Yeah. You're not a snowflake. I hate the snowflake <laughs> generation. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the next character is Gabriel. I want to talk about Gabriel pretty brief if we can yeah Um, i don't have as much to say on him so so he is struggling uh because he's got a kid on the way and like he explains this conflict at like a dinner table with the parents and their in-laws and they're talking about kids and he's like kind of grossed out but he's like i don't want to talk about this we're at dinner and it's like he just wants a moment away from thinking about having kids yeah, being he around wants kids. to still have a life of his own. Yeah, and then when he comes in for the next session, he like, which was surprising to me. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm getting another one with this guy. That's, <laughs> I thought, I thought you were done. <laughs> I thought you were done. I thought because he was pretty skeptical about the process. He's like, that's it. You're not gonna give me like anything to do. Uh, all right, bye. Like, peace out. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I want to back up real quick because uh, with Harriman. The Eliza typically typically uh, says, "Hey, and also take this medication." I don't think Harriman needs a single medication, <laughs> but Eliza's still like, "I think you should be on Prozac." <laughs> like, or, I mean, no, he Prozac's does a heart medication. As very very anxious. To be fair, I mean, who isn't anxious about talking to a girl though? I mean, he's got a girlfriend, so I guess anxiety maybe would be playing up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he. Anyways, so he doesn't. I'm not. Does. I'm not a, a, a whatever the one that gives mental medications. Uh, so psychiatrist. Yeah, psychiatrist. So uh, Gabriel, um, he comes to you this next time, and he tells you that, like, the kid is not. It. He's pretty much blocking this part of himself that he will never be able to reveal or like be yeah and this is fascinating and i like this because i personally and this is just again a personal interpretation i think it has something to do with uh like some sort of sexual or gender orientation like i think it it says it has something it seems like it has something to do with that i and again this is just me guessing 
And yeah. it's this thing, though, but you can put anything in that slot that you want, and you can kind of connect with him in that way because it's like, and and think about him in this way that it's kind of this tragic thing that he's like, I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to be a dad, and I'm going to have to block out this thing that mm-hmm. I want to do and to be, and I want the freedom to be, and I'm not meant to be married to, you know, and, like, have a kid. It's just not what I'm meant to be, but I'm going to do it anyways. And it's, like, this tragic character that you are, like, yeah, that you, I I guess you do have to do that. And, like, I don't know. It's what, that, that terrifies me. But she, but I, I love how Evelyn uh, reaches out with this personal story and is, like, hey, like, I come from a place of divorce but you know with them holding back reasons and it's just as traumatic so you kind of give them both sides of the coin but i think he he ends up with going with i'm just going to be a dad and hold everything back yeah i think that's that's where he probably falls is like i appreciate the thought but like this is what i have to do i have to like you know yeah i just love that accepted this life but he he is such a fascinating character like in that I, I just you don't get a lot of that like very personal struggle of like, hey, this is like there's a part of me that I feel like is now inaccessible and I have to keep hidden and ignore to continue down this path because I'm doing what is the right thing. Right. Like I'm doing what everyone says I should be doing. And like it is it's horrible. And I, I did want to know a lot more because I didn't want it to be like, ah, it turns out I'm a serial killer. And like, I don't think that's what yeah. it was. But he's like this dark thing that I can't. I do think you're right. I think it it felt like maybe a gender identity or sexual identity thing because of how like hung up he was on the idea of manliness and like I'm the man I have to provide. Right. Um. But and I thought that was like a really interesting set of sessions. Yeah, and I love it because it leaves it blank, so you can just fill it in for yourself. Like I I like that. Anyways. Yeah. Um. Let's share our closing thoughts on this. Yeah. Uh. I I think yeah. As a wrap-up, because I think I said a lot of what I wanted to say up front, um, now that we've talked about it a little bit more and a little more in-depth, which hopefully, if you didn't play the game, you can follow any of that rambling bullshit. It just all connects, I actually um, think and we I enjoyed did it. a decent job. I think we did a decent job, too. I just think it was all over the place, because this game was all over the place. Um, yeah, well, uh, your leaves all over the place, and us and the listeners have raked you up. Damn it. Uh, I, I think this game... It, it was not what I expected, right? I expected maybe something with a little bit more of um, kind of a, a dystopian or dark storyline. I expected a game that maybe was a little more driving in terms of like, hey, what are you going to do to fix this problem? Mm-hmm. But I think that what I ended up getting was a game that overall I, I still really enjoyed. But I, it is rare for me to come away from a game contemplating so many topics. It was rare for a game to have enough to say. Comes that, back like, from playing actu- near. Yeah, well, okay. I said rare, not okay. impossible. All right, all right, um, go ahead. It, it has, like, it just has a lot to say, and it made me really think about it. Like, you know, full disclosure, like, Duncan and I were talking about this. We were going to record this podcast a week ago, like, but there was a lot going on. Um, Like I said, there was a lot going on in the games industry, like some horrible sexual assault going on and like, mental health issues, suicide, everything like that, and, like playing this game while reading about that stuff was like it was a lot for me because i think this game touches on a lot of ideas about like tech culture and it touches on ideas about mental health and workplace culture that like are 
a lot to take away and chew on. And I think the game does it in such a way that even though, like I said at the, at the top, it doesn't seem terribly interested in answering a lot of those questions, um, it presents them in a way that feels genuine enough that like I am forced to grapple with them and almost to a degree that I was completely unprepared for. And I like it's not a game that felt like it would do that, but it's like every day that I have had away from finishing the game, I still feel like I'm thinking about it and digesting it more. Like I feel like if you talk to me a month from now, eh, it'll probably stop after about a month from now. But if you talk to me then, I might have new thoughts on this game because I still think I'll be thinking about the central questions and ideas that further, you know, that much further in the future. Um, so it, in that respect, I think it was a very interesting and very good game to play. And for $15, hell yeah, man. Like, that's just a good price. Can't beat that price. Yeah. I, what I walked away with is more valuable than the game itself. I think the game itself is fine. The voice acting's great. The story's fine. But the things that I walked away with, like the things that Alex was talking about, I think are so much more valuable. The thoughts and questions and like... Being able to have this conversation like right now with you is like valuable to me. And mm-hmm. I, without it, I don't think I would ever play this game. So, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's kind of my just like closing thoughts is I just love, I love a lot of the things that it brings up in conversations and that I get to, I mean, this is kind of like a, like, I am very smart kind of thing, but like, I love <laughs> Being able to tell people, like, yeah, today I played a video game where uh, it it's a visual novel, which is something you probably already don't 100% know about. <laughs> they've, all, they've already checked out of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, where uh, you're a counselor that essentially is wearing Google Glasses, and uh, a AI tells you what to say to patients. And everyone's already <laughs> like, what? What is your life, man? Like, what do what you, you do? do? <laughs> what do you do? Like, what do you do in your free time? Like... I and, and, like I just I kind of love that and it's it's like I am it makes me feel like you know like unique or whatever like that but I don't know it's just cool and I I hope yeah. more people are able to like God I fucking hate saying this shit like this but like put down like some of the fucking your World of Warcrafts you know what I mean put down the screens put God. down the screens put down your phones put a different screen up I don't know I just this is one of those games. That I will never get anyone else to play but Alex and I, but I wish more people played it so like more people could be having this conversation right now. Yeah. I think that is that is a very good way of putting it, right? It, yeah. it lives on the peripheries and the edges of games, and I think it deserves to be more in the center than it actually is. Also, we, we got too many fucking we got too much issue with mental illness. We need we need to do something about this. Yes. This is bad. Good lord! They Someone describe help. it in the game as a mental health crisis, and that is not—that is it's, not a lie. I read an article not. literally yesterday that in especially rural parts of America, like suicide rates, especially for older men, like middle-aged men, are up literally forty-two percent from where they were in. I think it was like twenty fourteen. Yeah, like that is I mean, a massive fucking number. I, 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 one in like uh, again reexist on the website. One in five adults in America experience a mental illness. What? What? <laughs> like how? I don't know. Anyways, it's, I'm not. It's huge, and we've stigmatized the shit out of it in this country. We did a bad job with mental health in this country. Yeah. We just we fucked it up, and we're trying to make it better. But it's a long road, and yeah. we need to 
we need people to to really think about and address these issues and they're not being done at scale honestly one in, if one in 100 american adults live with schizophrenia i how do i not know more about this you know what i mean like it's just crazy I, it's just yeah. insane to me anyways i think <sighs> that's all the time we have um, i think so too uh so if you enjoyed this podcast thank you i'm glad you could be here with us on this blessed day uh <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, if you want to follow us Typically, on Twitter, this is where we do social media. But I yeah, like the I thanking you, the end of a church. Actually, service. that might be our new closer. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, thank you for being with us on this blessed day. It's a good uh, closer. Tell us about our social right, media. So I was gonna do it. Twitter.com at thoughts from P1. I feel like we're getting some traction. You know, we got Hell yeah, man. We've been getting. We, I've been feel like we've been getting a couple more followers here. Help us out. Follow us. Make our traction grow. I think we did good in this episode. Give me a pat <laughs> on the back. Traction grow is a weird fucking sentence. Man. <laughs> Make our tractor grow. That's not how I traction think, works. I think I think my tractor's sexy. Help my tractor <laughs> grow. Um, if you want to give us oh. private feedback, only we will know. We're not going to scond you. We're not going to release this feedback out into the world. Oh, God. We didn't our, even email, talk about shit. our email services are private. Um, so, thoughts from player one at gmail.com. Our, uh, to be fair, our email services are only as private as Gmail <laughs> allows them to be. Hey. No, I've personally talked to Gmail. I said, "Will you make sure no one gets into this one? Our listeners have to be secure. That we're gonna, get, uh, I'm gonna get like fucking sued or some dumb shit you like are. that." Mister Gmail is <laughs> notoriously litigious. He's yeah. coming right after you. Um, and Facebook, you can just search "Thoughts from Player One." If you would be so blessed as to leave us an <laughs> iTunes review, uh, I'd we'd really appreciate that. Apparently, that helps a lot. Um, it does. And we'd love, we'd love. We wouldn't some know, help. but some some spare help would be amazing because <laughs> a spare review, sir. A spare review, sir. That's it. You can check us out if you're listening on any. It's we're on all the. We're tell all your the friends. Apps. Tell your family. Um, we're on all the. Tell apps. people who play all our games. If you see us do an episode on a game that you haven't played, but one of your friends has, tell them about it. Say, hey, if you like that game, you should check these guys out because we do a bunch of different games. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people haven't played a lot of them. So yeah. shout out you to know. Zachtronics for making this game. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank shout out to for- Matt Burns for writing the game. Uh, all right. You all have a blessed day. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I've been your guide, your, your, yeah, I've been, I've yeah, been, what? I've been, been your what? Delilah. Hey there, Delilah. Hey there, Eliza. Tell me what's it. Email me and tell me what it's like in New York city. Good night. Damn. Really just <laughs> I don't know. Calvin Ball with that what do we do? What are we supposed to do? We don't have a closer. I know. I just, the last that. time I just reversed us talking about a political figure. Oh, that's true. Don't give away the secret, Duncan. I'm giving clues. Oh, it's an ARG. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God. Every closer has to be a different piece to the ARG. Uh, if we'd known this, we would have talked about something way more fucking interesting. <laughs> uh, we'll make a part of the ARG. This is the announcement that it's now an ARG. 
yeah, this is the announcement that retroactively every episode of our podcast has been an ARG. Listen to them all, find the clues, email us what you found, and if it's good enough, we'll tell you that's correct and tell everyone else you were right too, because we don't have a plan. I still do have that episode where I said I'd PayPal someone $5 if they figured out who's who on the uh, on an episode. I'm not going to tell Didn't you which you- one. Didn't you also say something about giving somebody money? No, 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 no. You were going to put up drawings that you did. Yeah, uh, I was going to say. Pigma? I, yeah, I, pigma? yeah, I've got Pigma drawings. If, Big if, Pigma stand over here. <laughs> <laughs> if someone emails us the episode name that I said I'd draw Pigma in and that they want to see my Pigma drawings, we'll make an Instagram and, uh, and I'll post a drawing of Pigma every day. <laughs> or just one day. One day. <laughs> Maybe the same drawing of Pigma every day. Okay. Maybe I'll alter it slightly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> good night. It, it, good luck. <laughs> Don't know how to fucking end this podcast. Wait, did you just say bees in the pot? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I've just been informed by Alex, who has stopped the recording, that there are now bees in the pot. Buzzing bees making honey. A new ingredient every new season. This one's got honey in it. Next episode, what's it going to have in it? What's it going to have in it? Every episode's a new ingredient. That's all the honey glazed in the pot. Good night, everyone. Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at what you feel right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I realized Intro that- is hard for you. <laughs> I realized we started and then I thought about everything. I saw the game Night Core Speed and I took a big deep sigh. Well, you know what? It's fine. It's fine because we're in it now. No, we we're started. not. We're in it. No, we're in no, it, we're man. not. No. Oh. Oh, no, that's no good. We can put that at the end, though.